morning. Yes, good morning. Um, still working on my cues. I'm going to get that one. You all knew. <laughs> Why does my tell me? <laughs> you know, it's looking at me look silly over on the corner by myself. That's all right. <laughs> Family, all right. It is good to be with you this morning. It really is. Um, I'm not just saying words to fill time. My wife has warned me to stop doing that. You don't need to feel stuff. Just say the truth. And the truth is, I'm so full um, and excited to be with you. Um, I want to bring you greetings from your sisters and brothers at different congregations around the country that are praying right now for us and our time together. Uh, we're a part of a beautiful body. Amen? Amen. And it's in uh, special moments like this where I can truly sense that and the love of God pouring out. So there are some good people praying for Solano and your, your associate pastor this morning. Um, my wife, Beverly, and the kids send their greetings. They wish so much to be with us this morning, and uh, so does Daddy. I wish they were here to see your faces. Um, but they send their greetings and their gratitude for how you've embraced us, and especially me, as uh, Brother Kevin said so well, my little health scare a few weeks ago. Uh, thank you for your prayers and your visits, your encouragement, um, being a present. My wife said you were like the hands and feet of Jesus, and I appreciate that. Um, it's because of your um, willingness to embrace me in that way. I, I really believe God is setting us up to get real deep and intimate as a family, right? We just, just cut through all the stuff, and for those that came, you saw your pastor in a hospital gown. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's always the best way to start off a relationship, <laughs> but it, you know, it works. Part of Andrew's plan, I'm guessing, I'm hoping not. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, walking with you on this path towards becoming more like Christ. And uh, what better way than to start that by us being close together. This morning, um, I'm really appreciative for my brother, Pastor Andrew, allowing me to be a part of this, almost like a teaching team, to go through this series we've been in in Hosea. Um, I love to preach and teach, and so I appreciate your brother allowing me to, uh, uh, to follow my calling to feed the flock. And so this morning, I'm excited to get in the Word and see what the Spirit would have for us. So if you are visiting, maybe, or you've been in and out, we have been in a very good series in the book of Hosea. I remember when Pastor Andrew started us off, it was actually the first Sunday that our family visited in October. And so there it was. The brother starts out with this big viewer discretion advised. I'm like, where are we going? What did I sign up for? Because if you know, Hosea is not a book that's light. Yeah, as uh, Brother Kyle said, it's a minor prophet but it's some major stuff happening in this book, right? And so for all of us, maybe it has been for you a, uh, what we've described on the staff as like a, a push into the deep end of the pool. Yep, 
And maybe God has been revealing some things to you in this series. Uh, Lessons about sin. Those things deep in our hearts that hide away in the closets. And maybe God has been bringing some things to the surface. Uh, I've enjoyed it. It's been, as you so well described last week, like one of those deep tissue massages, right? Uh, It hurts so bad, but it feels so good because of the outcome that we can expect. That's Hosea. That's God's love. That's God's love. Well, that's where we've been, and it's been a it's been a journey. Um, You know, we've watched how God has uh, shown us His love through these two different types of relationships. You know, the first being like a marriage relationship between a, a faithful, loving spouse and this unfaithful spouse. And then the relationship as a loving parent, a father figure with that rebellious son or child. I don't know. I don't know which of those pictures works best with you. But that's how big God's love is, a love that won't let us go. Yes, I love how that comes out in chapter 11. This God that won't give up on us. The love doesn't run out. Our covenant-keeping God is bound by that covenant to love us, to go after us, to pursue us with this love. If only we'll respond. So we're set up well for this morning to look at Chapter 14, which is God's final plea through Hosea to return, to return to the path of God's love. Yeah, so I've uh, enjoyed my time in study and listening to the Lord. I am uh, rather curious how God's going to speak this morning through me. It's going to tell you up front, uh, your brother, your pastor is experiencing a first-time head cold when trying to preach. I've had some firsts, first time preaching there, first time, but never a first time with a head cold. So we will put this on the list, Pastor Andrew, as things I've experienced since joining Solano. Kidney stones, head colds. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. All right. Woo-woo. All right. So what I would like to do with, um, with this particular chapter um, is for us to participate. I'm one of those participatory preachers. So when I sometimes will throw out a question, it's not just rhetorical, Brother Miguel. No. I'm okay with an answer. You won't bother me. I won't get offended, scared, because I've been in places where you know, the speaker would say something, people would respond, and it would really throw the speaker off. So I've been places also where the speakers would not expect that, and the people would just sit quietly, respectfully. So I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those flow, easy kind of brothers. But today I want you to participate. As we wrap up this series, it would be good to have some time to engage this and see what God's been doing if you have room to respond. So we're going to do 
this morning a responsive reading, much like our sister led us in this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to read, actually, the verses of this chapter. I believe whenever we read God's word aloud, there's power released through that. And so I'd love for us to do that together. It'd be simple. I'll read the part that says leader, and you'll respond aloud um, when it says members. And then we'll read the last part all together. Hear the word of the Lord. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, The Lord says, then I will heal you of your faithfulness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Altogether, let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Remain standing. Oh, God, we are in your presence. And as your people, we, we need you. And we thank you for your great love. Hear our hearts cry to return to you. And now, oh, God, may the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable, pleasing in your sight. You are my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name I'm praying with great expectation and in the power of the Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Returning to the path of God's love. Returning to the path of God's love. Hmm. I want to offer um, what I would call a, a key biblical truth, the key biblical truth, the, the main idea for this passage. Uh, and it's this, that for the righteous or for the rebellious, the path that leads back to God's love calls us to return and repent, to be restored. 
for the righteous or for the rebellious. There is a path that leads back to God's love, and it's calling us to return, repent, and be restored. So we're going to look uh, at that progression, if you will, from this passage, how Hosea is now giving this final plea to God's people. You've been out there, off the beaten path. Uh, you've stumbled, is a word used in some translations. You stumbled. Your sin has brought you down. And hopefully at this point, Israel, you've gotten the point, and you're going to learn from your lesson, and you're going to return, return to your God from your sinful ways. You know, one thing that's been really consistent all series is um, hearing the word taught, but then us giving some opportunity to reflect and see ourselves in it. Because, you know, the children of Israel, this is their pattern, right? This is how it works with them. It's like they experience God's blessings and love, and then they do something stupid, and they get cursed, and then they cry out, and then God answers and blesses them again. And then they do something stupid again, and it's a cycle over and over again. And if you read it in the Old Testament, you're thinking, what's up with these people? They are so special. <laughs> I won't say stupid too many times in a sermon. Um, special. But again, that's a reflection of us. I mean... Keeping it real. Can I get a witness about how this is the things that I want to do, I can't seem to do, and, or for too long anyway. And I find myself drifting away off the path, that path of righteousness. Like a little lamb or a big woolly sheep. You're out there and the shepherd is calling you. And how many times has the shepherd had to come and get you? Bring you back so gently and all the way walking you back, holding you close, just talking to you. Now, what's up? What are you doing that again? You know? Really? We're going to keep doing this over and over again. Don't you know I love you? So Israel, caught up in this pattern for Hosea, his approach, the whole book has been a little, little different. He, we see him coming in talking about the wrath and anger of God coming, and then seeing God's love restored. That's been his focus in these chapters that we've gone through. And he's put it real plain, laid out in those different chapters, that God's judgment is coming. It's already upon you. Are you feeling it enough to cry out to me now? And beginning with this First verse, it's time to return. And we see the word return throughout the, chap throughout the chapters. Um, whether it's in chapters 2, 3, 6, and 7, there's always this call, again, for God's people to return. And now in 14, he's making one big final push for them to return. But what does returning look like? What would that look like? I mean, I'm oftentimes working with people and you say this good stuff, that's truth, and they can't deny it, but then you see that blank look on their face like, because they're wondering, what does that look like? And that's how they look at them. What does that look like? 
treat you? I mean, I mean, I hear, you, I hear what you're saying, and I, I'm not going to argue with you because you got studied in your degrees, and you're pretty smart. But what does that look like? Well, to illustrate that, I think Jesus gives us a beautiful illustration of that, you know, the story of the prodigal son, you know, Mr. Smarty Pants, who wants his inheritance early. And in that culture, in that time, that was a direct, blatant, rebellious act like, Daddy, give me my money. I wish you were dead. So Pops divides it out and gives his son his inheritance. He goes, you know, and he goes to a faraway country, way off the path, way from Daddy's love, to do his thing, you know, as we would say where I'm from. But while he's out there, whew, he's got friends, he's got time, he's got money. Hey, pardon, you know? But out there, it, it, it gets a little bit crunchy. The text says that a famine hits the land, and all those friends that he bought with the money are gone, and he's left with nothing but a job working in a pig on a pig farm. Now, from the South. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but he's on a pig farm, and he, he's not getting any help, the text says, and he's finding himself ah, at a place where he's longing for even the food that the pigs are eating. That's where it's gotten him. That's where his own thing has gotten him. Now, that sounds crazy and totally like, who would? But where have you been? Where has your longings and doing it your way taken you and choices and decisions and places? And you find yourself at this place and you're like, really? This is where I am? And so the return looked like him saying on one day, the text says he came to himself. He came to himself and realized this is not working. And he found himself at the end of himself. Because it's when you get to the end of yourself, the end of your rope, that's where you'll find God. Where is God? I'm searching for God. Oh, you'll find him. Oh, yes, you will. Come to the end of yourself. You know, when mama can't save you no more, when they've done the last thing they can do, when they say, you know what, you just need to just find yourself. Then you'll start on that path. But it has to be what I would say, this intentional act of the will to turn away from sin towards God. And you begin to make those steps, this first step being returning. Come to yourself, consciously. Well, that's what this young brother had to do. I don't know where you are in your journey, where you may find yourself. Like Israel, they had gotten out there. The idolatry, the rebellious, stubborn idolatry is described as. Hmm. And so in returning, 
It was going to take them coming with sincere hearts. And Hosea was going to help out them by offering and helping them with a prayer, a petition, and how to return to God. I love the verses that read in verse 2. When he tells them, bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Bring your confessions. Not bring your offerings. A couple of bulls, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. No. No. This was going to be a different approach back to God. Because all the, the rituals and the, you know, the magic formula stuff, done with that. In God's mind, I don't want your offerings. I want your obedience. I want the sincerity, brokenness of your heart. And I want it to come off your lips. That's what I want to hear from my people. I'm tired of you playing games with me. Because they had been so into the rituals and doing this and, you know, the bulls. And they were doing that now with other gods. You know, so clean all that up. Bring me your confessions. The fruit of your lips. That's what I want to hear. That's what the repentance looks and sounds like. And so then he offers them how they should posture and say, what, what, what are they confessing then? Um, this is really, gets really good. He, and uh, Hosea's helping the people out. So he tells them, as they say, no, forgive us of our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you praises. Assyria cannot save us, nor can our war horses. Never again will we say to the idols we've made, you are our God. So it's like three parts of their confession. This idea of putting their trust in Assyria to protect them and to be their security. So we're done with that, God. This idea of putting their trust in their own military strength with war horses and things. For their own security, you know, self. We can do it ourselves. Or the idols they've made. Confession. So what does that fall for us? Pastor Andrew talked last week about those five ways we misplace our trust. Mm -hmm. Good. Hard. Close to home. You know, how we place our trust so often in other people. Yeah. Our own ingenuity. Figure it out ourselves, make it work. Our own wealth, leaders. And that, when it comes down to it in so many ways, is just downright sin. And we need to own it, confess it, acknowledge it, and repent of it. Israel had done that, been persistent in it, and it was time to repent. It's here that um, out of that sincerity, they would find and experience what it says in verse 4, the healing for God, being restored, restoration, redemption. 
It's the final part of the journey. It's, the, it's it coming in full circle to be restored, to be healed. And the truth is that only God can heal. Only God can restore. And Hosea understood that. And it, even putting it out for Israel to do this, he knew that you can't do it in yourself. We've seen your pattern. It's going to take God even causing the healing to happen. Your apostasy, that, that faithlessness that we're so prone to. That's a tongue twister of a word. I've been struggling with that word. I'm surprised it came out right that time. Thank you, God. Because for me, the urban version of that word is just faith mess. My faith mess. I just can't be faithful. But God, but this awesome God is able. And here's where the gospel gets real sweet. When you think about what I could not do for myself, God can and did do for me. What I cannot do for myself, because I've tried some stuff, but God can and will do for us. Bring the healing, bring the restoration. But what does that look like? <laughs> so verses you know, five, six, seven, and eight give this beautiful picture, this poetic love language Hosea's talking in. I don't know if sometimes it's like reading that kind of stuff, maybe you just kind of glaze over and you skip over it. Keep it real, you know, because I don't know what they're saying. Where's Lebanon? I've never been to Lebanon and some cedars and stuff. What are you saying? You know, but it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's helpful to read. You know, somebody trying to explain it to you, so I appreciate commentaries. And it's beautiful language. It's all about God wooing his bride, bringing them out to the desert, because that part of the country is very dry. And so this imagery of dew and these beautiful trees growing and all this, that's really not what it looks like there. But God is painting this picture for his people to understand his love. So he's drawing them out. And I want to remind you of what it means to be with me, your God that loves you so much. How I'll be like dew on you so you'll flourish and have this new life. That's what I'll do for you, Israel, my bride. Oh, yes. And I'll make your roots deep and strong. I mean, you want strength and stability? That's me. That's what I do for you, not Assyria. I'm offended. Come on. You know how we work it. This is God wooing us. Now why do you want to go out there and play? Come to me. Uh. So, brothers, you remember how you used to woo? <laughs> Ladies, you remember how you were wooed? Uh. That's how our God works this love for us, this great, amazing love. And when we see that and feel that played out, we can't help but fall back in love, run back to the love. That's what he's doing in this, this love language poetry in those verses. It's awesome. Ah, oh, to be restored. It's pride. Oh, this has been rich. 
It's been so good. It's been personal as well for me. Very personal. You know, because uh, uh, it's nothing like what I say is, uh, was passed on to me in mentoring as a preacher. Unless you get bloody, you haven't studied. The word of God is a, like a two-edged sword. Uh, and if you're going to engage with the word, you're going to get cut. And if you are really in the word, it's going to cut deep. Marrow, bones, it don't. Uh, like taking a place we don't necessarily want to go to be transformed in. Oh, that song was good. Oh, my goodness. That's what it's been for me. Allowing myself to see myself as I laid in that hospital. Really? You're in a hospital right now, brother? <laughs> you don't understand how my mind was just flipped. All these expectations and feeling like I've just totally blown it and let my family down, the church, what are they thinking? My sister Jackie had, a, had me cracking up. You send this one with stones? Didn't check that on the resume. <laughs> mm. But it got to the core of this issue with me, this idle, longing issue with me of self-sufficiency. Yeah. Mm. Got to live up to something. And it kinda, you got to get it start going deep. And I trace that back constantly, those issues with, um, if any can identify with having those daddy issues, father wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Because it, it hit me, and it's, it's in my adult journey that God has been showing this. So around my 30th birthday, I'm looking at my birth certificate, and uh, I noticed that it just struck me. I've known this, but it just struck me fresh that there's no signature where it says father's name and it just it just boom moment like whoa mm. a lot of story to tell like my wife said you ain't gotta tell it all okay i got you <laughs> i'm here now we can talk about it later but um god has been healing and restoring hallelujah some things in my heart you know, having a biological father and a stepfather, ah, rejected by both. And so the spin on that one for a lifetime of just seeking approval and trying to get it right and doing it myself because I know I don't need you, mom. I can do this, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But let me fast forward to the, the restoration of the healing part. And how God was so gracious to allow me to do some reconciliation with my biological dad before he went home to be with the Lord. So thankful for that. And hearing words from him that filled in so many gaps that I've always loved you. <laughs> no, I, I, I left because it was either pursue you or go to jail because I wanted you so bad. So I, I went to the surface, son. That's why. I'm like, really? That's why? Ah, oh. but thankfully, that space on my birth certificate got filled in before that. You see, in the moments of seeking God, I found 
God to be that daddy. And I don't know where you are and if you've ever experienced God's love in that way, but when the word says that the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, ooh, because of the spirit's word, we can say, Abba, Father, Daddy. So if you ever catch a pastor praying, I say, Daddy in heaven, just know who I'm talking to. God has been that for me. And it was in that moment I felt like he signed his name on my birth certificate, filling in that space. But it was good on an earthly level to hear my dad say some things, to fill in some gaps for me. Because, you know, we fill in gaps with our own story part. Healing. Restoration that only God can bring. And as we've been going through this series, I really pray that you're making those personal connections with God in that way. And wherever you might be, whether it's that unfaithful spouse type, that you're finding your longings fulfilled in the wrong places, or you're the rebellious prodigal that's just out there doing your own thing. There are different, I love the language you've been using here at Solano, there are different on-ramps to get on the path again. An on-ramp just for you. Because you're looking thinking, well, you know, that's not my issue. I don't know I need to go that daddy route. <laughs> that's okay. There is an on-ramp for you. And we're doing our best with God's help here to create those for God's people. Because it's a call for all of us to be on this path towards God's love, to be conformed into this beautiful image of Jesus. Hear the voice of the Spirit calling to you to come. Come back home, child. Come on. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. We want it, again, like I said, to uh, make this a way you can participate with us on the journey. So we were setting it up where we've got some cards that we put out. They're, they're set up to give you a chance to reflect and respond. And we want to give space and time for that. Our brother Miguel reminded us that um, this Sunday begins the season of Advent. And I'm so encouraged to be a part of a family, faith, community that, that observes that. We'll get to join in with the saints around the world during this season. This is bigger than just some, you know, Christmas trees and gifts and stuff. This is a way God's people remember the coming of our God. That word Advent means coming. It's anticipation that should keep us motivated. And on this first week, as we focus on the coming of the Messiah, this, this God made flesh to be with us, amazing thing. And there's so much joy and anticipation with that. But there's also, as it was said, there's also the busyness and the clutter that happens at the same time. 
and all the anticipation and preparation, you know, sometimes we miss the point or miss the person. Ever been in that kind of mold? You're trying to prepare for this nice party and everyone's coming and, you know, you got to get all set up and you're bitey at everybody. And, you know, you're stressed out for the party. I've never understood that, but it happens every time, usually. So we got to slow down. And I think as we come out of this series and go into this season, there's an opportunity for us to slow down, to do some real work or participate with God's work of decluttering our hearts of idols and misplaced longings that we got going on. Maybe God's been showing you some stuff. This season sets us up to be able to do that together as the family of God with this anticipation of our God coming in fullness, the fullness of God's love coming to us. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Our family right now is in deep anticipation of coming here. Let me tell you that. Oh. But as we try to get the house packed up and sorted and loaded up, we're going around and we have to hit every room. Basement, garage, under the beds. We had to go under MJ's bed. <laughs> we survived. We came out. All right. And some other things came out. Things come out of MJ's bed. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. I shouldn't say. <laughs> Declutter. It's real for the Upshaws right now. Trust me. What about you? What things have God, by his spirit, been bringing to the light for you to declutter, to make room for God's full love, not holding back, a love that won't let go. You want that. Anticipate that in the coming. So what we want to do is give some time for each of us. You got your card, you got your pen, and we're going to just allow that time to happen. Even as we go into our time of communion and celebration at the Lord's table, ah, oh, what better opportunity to do some business with God, to be able to receive from God. And like I said, we're all at different places, so maybe you're at a place of celebrating at the table. God's shown some things, and you are excited about the return of the joy of salvation in your heart, wherever you might be, whatever God's showing you and speaking. Let's be quiet before the Lord and then respond. Here's some logistical instructions. So as you fill out your card, if you get to a place where you're finished with it, you wanna, we would love for you to turn these in. This is personal. Our walk on this journey is personal. God meets us where we are. But this journey is not private. We don't do this alone. God has put us together in a family to journey together. So in this time, I want to invite um, members of the prayer team and elders. They're going to make themselves available around the auditorium. If you would desire prayer. Yeah. 
And as you fill out the cards, as you feel led to go and be prayed for, I want you to turn in your card. Uh, Sister Laura and Jason will be available in the back. If you want to do that during communion or even after service, but we would love to be able to pray for you purposely, intentionally, to pray for you. I encourage you as you go through the week to look if God leads you to share in your home groups how they might be praying for you. But today is the time for that to start. So with that, I'll pray and then invite God to continue to guide us. So sweet spirit, mighty spirit of God, we love you. Thank you for making God's love so real to our hearts, to the overflow. Thank you. Oh, thank you, God. Right now, we are here in your presence and in the presence with each other. And we know you've been doing work, a deep work in each of us. Thank you for being so long-suffering and patient, and gentle, and kind towards us. We need your courage, God, to confess and be honest about things that have offended you and perhaps offended others. So we invite you to wash over us in a fresh way. Thank you for your word as we read even this morning. And sweet spirit, use those words of truth to wash over our soul bring this cleansing and healing that we need to be clean in the deep places of our hearts, the corners and closets and beneath the bed, places that we haven't visited in so long, lock and key. But we need your courage to go to those places to allow you to gently show us. Oh, thank you that you're with us. Mm. Guide us as we write, as we reflect, and we respond in Jesus' name.